0: Divine Truth Interviews Jesus, Mary and others are interviewed by members of the media and the public. Jesus is interviewed by Mary Magdalene on the topic of emotions. The interview was held on the 19th of May 2014 in Wilkesdale, Queensland, Australia. This is session 5, part 2. This question is from Amanda Mm -hmm. and she asks... What does God feel about us or for us when we are afraid?
1: Feel about us and for us. Well, first we start. God does not feel anything for us aside from love and, and compassion and kindness and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. God doesn't feel for us in the sense of, in the implication of feeling for, feeling our emotions with us. Yeah. So, so I'm sure Amanda knows that anyway. Mm-hmm. But... Um, But God does feel lots of loving emotions for us all the time, whether we're in fear or not. There's always just loving emotions that God feels for us. So so when we feel fear, God feels compassion for us. Mm -hmm. God, of course, knows that we don't need to feel it. Mm. God knows that fear is a, a figment of our or our environment's creation. It's not reality from God's perspective. It's just an emotion we have to go through. So from God's perspective, God doesn't have any negative feelings about us when, it, when we feel fear,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: God knows that when we're afraid, we'll often break God's laws, yeah. we'll often break the principles of the universe, and so God is always trying to help us deal with fear. Mm. And that's why there's a lot of usually fear-based events that happen in the average person's life yeah. because they're attracting fear-based events in order for them to work through the emotions of fear from their childhood and let them all go so that they can have a good life and mm-hmm. a happy life. So God's always trying to help people go through fear, but God doesn't want to punish us for our fear. The laws themselves correct our fear.
2: Yeah.
1: They, they. Every time we act in harmony with fear, we automatically have a consequence that occurs as a result of our fear that, that impacts upon our soul and, and also often if we've acted in harmony with fear with other people then upon their souls too. So God knows that it's a sad situation when we honour our fear for us, mm-hmm. but it's not for God. No.
2: So
1: God's okay with us using our free will to choose to live in our fear rather than not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, God knows too that we could choose differently, yeah. that we could choose to no longer live in our fear and no longer honour it as God and trust God, trust the emotional process, trust and have faith in God's love. And so God God. Knows that we could choose that, mm. and God often observes us not choose that. Yeah. God often sees that we choose exactly the opposite of that, and every time we do, God knows that uh, there's just going to be a longer time before we're happy. Mm-hmm. And God has compassion for us choosing unhappiness, but God also knows that there's no reason to choose unhappiness. Yeah, so you
0: know. what I notice a lot uh, on earth, especially in relation to fear is that people often confuse commiseration for compassion. Mm-hmm. And commiseration to me is a feeling that if I feel commiseration with you... Um, that if I feel
1: sad, you'll feel sad I'll with feel me. I'll feel
0: sad with you. And also there's an inherent feeling like it is too hard, and it, or like with fear. Yes, fear is hard, this commiseration.
1: Yeah, and God doesn't feel that at all.
0: Yes. God feels <laughs> compassion, which is actually far more challenging of the error-based state, isn't it? Correct. Um, but a lot of people feel that that's not compassion because no. they usually associate commiseration with, with compassion. compassion. Yes.
1: And God doesn't commiserate with our fear. God's not agreeing with it. Mm. God doesn't think, well, no, you should hold on to your fear It forever. is a bit too hard for you. It's and, too hard for yeah. you. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. God doesn't ever feel any of those things. God wants us to feel our fear. Yeah. Because if we feel our fear, we'll work through it. If we don't feel our fear, we'll live in it. And if we live in it, we're going to do all sorts of things that are out of harmony with God's love. We're going to have more pain in our soul as a result. We're going to create more pain on the earth when we don't live in our fear. So God knows that the best thing for us to do is to work through our fear. That's why a lot of God's laws are always trying to correct our fear and bringing us fear-based events, all the things we're afraid of, so that we can work through the fear itself. So God's trying to lovingly help us through the process of addressing our fears.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So God doesn't have any negative feelings, though, about it. So God doesn't want to punish us because we've had fear. God knows the cause of our fear often is not just the results of our own choices, but the results perpetrated towards Mm -hmm. us from other people's choices. So God, God knows that other people have chosen to do things that often cause a lot of our fear as well. And God also knows that while we f- feel fear, we can't feel much love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so God wants us to let go of the fear so that we can feel God's love and also feel each other's love. Mm. You can't have in a relationship with another person while you're afraid of that person. So
0: God has a great confidence in us as well. Well, of course, God God is supremely
1: confident (laughs) about our ability to deal with our fear because God created us to deal with it. So, you know, when when, when you've created a perfect creation, you don't get get all worried going, (laughs) oh, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I don't know if they'll be able to You know, God knows (laughs) that we're going to be able to do it and that it's just a choice, a choice that we may at the moment be unwilling to make, but at some point in our future we are going to need to make if we're ever going to be happy. Mm. So God doesn't worry about it because no. God knows that God created a perfect soul. God knows your ability to deal with anything that's happened to you. God created you with the ability to deal with anything that's happened to you. That's the remarkable part about the human soul. We, no matter how bad we've been treated throughout our life and how long and extended that treatment has been, God knows that we can heal from such treatment. Mm. And God knows that with God's help, we can go through anything. And not just go through it, but heal from it. Mm -hmm. See, what I I see a lot in religious uh, life today on earth, a lot of people do believe God helps you go through things, Mm -hmm. but they don't believe that that you can be healed from going through those things. Yes,
2: that's true. And
1: God knows that you can be healed as long as you follow the way.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You can be healed... From every single injury you carry, including all of those injuries towards God, Mm. if you follow the way. Mm. Mm. God's got a lot of confidence in his own creation, (laughs) as as a perfect creator would have. Yes.
0: And sometimes I like to think about that in terms of because God's opinion of my capacity to deal with fear is often very different to my own. Yes. Um, Yes. and,
1: And God knows that your capacity is much greater than what you currently believe it to be. Yeah. You know, that's the reality too. God know created our soul to have this ability to have an infinite capacity eventually. And as we receive more and more God's love, we're approaching this infinite capacity that God created our soul to have as a potential. Mm. So God knows that we've got the ability to deal with any emotion. And, and so do literally millions of celestial spirits know the same thing. They know that you can deal with emotion because they've done it. Mm-hmm. They've gone through all of their negative emotional experiences. They've processed through all of their fear. They no longer have any fear inside of their soul. They've done it. They know that it's possible. And often they're trying to encourage you that it's possible. But every time we come up to that wall of fear, we go, ah, and, and <laughs> run away. And even if, like I said in a, previous, in a previous answer, if we just sat in front of our fear and just felt it for a while, feel what it's all about, and feel the false beliefs associated with it, Mm -hmm. we'd get through it. Mm -hmm. But the majority of people don't do that. They come up to their fear. As soon as they come up to their fear, they hit their fear. And once they've hit their fear, the first thing they wish to do is just run off and run away. Mm. And that is the main problem with most people who discover the way to God. They discover the way, they follow it for a little bit, Until they hit their fear and then they want to give it up straight away. Mm. And uh, that's not a person who has a very strong desire to become at one with God. You know, when you have a really strong desire to become at one with God, you're willing to go through any of your emotions to do so. And if that means going through fear and terror that you've got in you anyway, that needs to be out of you anyway, if you're ever going to be happy, then you decide to go through it Mm. rather than run away. Mm. So... So God knows all of those things and God's pretty relaxed with our feelings of fear. But God also knows that every time we choose to live in harmony with our fear, we're choosing to walk away from truth. We're talking, choosing to walk away from love. And, and, of course, all we're choosing is more pain for ourselves mm. and God knows that. So, so the beauty of having complete knowledge of the human soul and being the creator of it is God has nothing to fear. Yeah. <laughs> about the capacity that he designed in our soul. He knows that we can deal with all of those things. It's just we ourselves that do not know.
2: Mm.
1: And it's just we ourselves that need to address why we're willing to imbibe and retain false beliefs that are the main thing that governs our fear. Remember, fear is the false beliefs appearing real to us. So every time we come up to this wall of fear, we're not seeing, initially we're not seeing, that actually this entire wall is all about the construction of false beliefs, yeah. emotional, that are emotional within us, that we think are real and true, mm-hmm. and they're all false. Right? From God's perspective, they're all false. From God's perspective, it doesn't really exist. This fear doesn't really exist. He knows that it, it, it exists as an emotion, as a human creation, yeah. but God never created fear.
2: Yep. Yeah,
1: and and any person who becomes at one with God lives in a state where they completely fearless
2: yes
0: yep. mm. yeah yeah oh, that's great mm. thank you mm. This questions from Amanda mm. she asks is it possible to maintain a connection with God when we are afraid
1: well here we need to define a few things like so, what do we mean by connection with God? Well, we mean that dur- during this connection with God, we can be receiving God's love. So mm-hmm. let's, say, let's say instead of the words connection with God, we say, is it possible to be receiving God's love when we are afraid? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer to that question really is, it depends whether we're feeling our fear or not.
0: Or living in it versus or, or, living in it. Or living in it. Yeah.
1: So uh, well, as I originally said, just feeling our fear or not. Uh-huh. right? If we are feeling our fear as an experience, if the fear is actually as an emotion passing through us,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then any other emotion can also pass through us at the same time. This means love, including God's love, can pass through us. So theoretically, it is possible to maintain a connection with God or receive God's love as you are feeling your fear. Mm-hmm. The problem is, though, that when we talk about people being afraid, they're usually not feeling their fear. So now they've blocked themselves to feeling the emotion of fear. Mm-hmm. If you're blocked to one emotion, according to what we've discussed as how the human soul functions, that's the, that's the attitude of preclusion. Yep. So, so while one emotion is within you and you're blocked to feeling it, you are now also blocked to feeling other emotions yep. right as well. And you are also suppressing, and the process of suppression is that you can't suppress one thing and hope that you're not suppressing everything else. Mm-hmm. Right? So there are principles about how the soul functions here now that are governed by what is the answer to the question. So the answer to the question is: if we are afraid, but we are not feeling the experience of our fear, mm-hmm. in other words, we're we're in it. We're in the feeling of fear. We're in the feeling of fear in the sense of. We live by it.
0: So it's, it's, it's in inside us. of us and we base our decisions around avoiding yep. it. Uh,
1: yes. Yep. And we're not feeling it. Yep. Then, yes, it is impossible under those circumstances to feel a connection with God and to feel the flow of God's love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's also impossible to feel any connection with truth and probably impossible to feel much of a connection with desire, particularly desire in the direction that we're trying to restrict the fear. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that are impossible, actually if we stay in that state. Yeah. But as soon as we choose to feel and experience the fear, now these other things become possible. Now, now we have the ability to receive some truth about it. Now we have the ability to actually receive some of God's love while we're experiencing the emotion of fear. So this is the beautiful thing. Sometimes you can be going through the emotion of fear and at the same time receiving God's love is yeah. a confirmation that this is what you need to do right at the same time. And this is the beautiful thing about our relationship with God is that if we allow the emotion to flow and have a longing for God's love at the same time, then God's love can also flow at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that is it confirms to us that what we're doing is the right thing. Yeah. This is why I can speak with a lot of conviction about emotions because I've had that confirmation from God about these emotions yeah. by going through the experience. Yeah. And every person who goes through this experience will have the same confirmation. Mm-hmm. So, so what I suggest to people is to say, okay, let's look at this issue of being afraid. Are we actually feeling the f- experience of being afraid or are we in denial of our fear and we're just walking around afraid every, everywhere we go without feeling it? Mm-hmm. And it's governing every one of our actions. Now, if it's the second, if we're walking around afraid and it governs every one of our actions and we're not feeling the fear itself, then no, we can't maintain a connection with God. And I suggest to everyone that you can't even maintain a connection with anyone else unless they are also in a state of fear. Mm. That's the sad thing. You won't be able to maintain a connection with anyone who's in a state of truth Anyone who's out of their addictions and out of their fear, you won't be able to be connected to either. Mm. Not just God, but also anyone of those other people you won't be able to connect to. You'll only be able to connect to the people who have the same fear as you do. Yeah, That's the reality. And, and you'll you, feel drawn
0: to them. Your connection is based around the avoidance of that fear Correct. rather, than, rather love than the feeling or, of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you choose to feel it, all of those people will disappear from your life, actually. <laughs> All the people who have the same fear as you who do not want to feel it will all run away from you, mm-hmm. and you'll be left alone to feel it, which will be fantastic because you do need to feel it alone. Mm-hmm. Right? And then once you work your way through it, and if even as you are working your way through it, as you are experiencing it emotionally, you can not only receive God's love, you can receive God's truth, you can receive other people's love, you can receive their truth, mm-hmm. you can do all sorts of things in your relationships now that you couldn't do before.
0: So actually holding on to fear and basing our decisions around it and trying to pray and connect to God at times, at other times, we're far less likely and even it's impossible for us to connect with God in any sustainable way while we live in that state. Whereas as soon as we begin to feel it, uh, we enable more connection with God, with truth, with love uh, from all sources. Yes. Yes.
1: And that's the beautiful thing of going through your fear. Mm -hmm. If you go through your fear, what you finish up doing is you finish up coming to this point where you now trust God and you now trust that working your way through your fear is is going to change your life, completely change your life.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And you now are willing to go through the process of feeling your fear. And the beautiful thing about going through the process is As you're going through it, you receive love from God. And that that is just a wonderful thing because that gives you confirmation that you're doing the right thing. It's only the avoidance of it that causes you to stop receiving God's love in that moment. So if you have a real heartfelt longing for God's love while you're going through your terror or fear, you will receive some of God's love while you're going through the -hmm. experience. And And that then confirms to you that the experience was worth going through.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Mm. But what most people do is they come up to their wall of fear, they hit it, and then they run away. And they don't get to feel that if you feel it flow through you that you and also have a longing for God's love at the same time, that you actually have confirmation that you're on the right track from God and you also at the same time have received some of God's love and God's truth in the process And you've also received some truth from God about fear, Mm -hmm. that it's actually just an emotion Mm -hmm. that you can process and that you don't need to be so afraid of your fear. (laughs) Which is what most people are.
0: And this is why faith can grow exponentially, can't it, once we start to really feel our fears and causal emotions? Because We, as we start to do it, we begin to have experiences that confirm things in a real way, so it's not just a theory, mm. and that inspires us to have more, which gives us more emotional confirmation, which, yeah. so faith grows exponentially as we... As we yeah. But the, the key is starting that process, isn't it?
1: Yes, and like I've said, we've been teaching this process, I've been teaching this process for many, many years now, Many people have listened to it for six or seven years and yet they haven't got beyond their wall of fear. Mm-hmm. And, and while they don't, they don't get to experience the flow of God's love by going through their fear. Yeah. And that means they don't get to experience any positive effects of listening to the divine truth and so they run away from it. And, and naturally so, you're going to do that. There's going to be many people who continue to do that until they realise that the way to experience some of God's love And the way to actually work your way through things is to actually allow the flow of emotion in our soul while you're having a longing for God's love. And as you allow that to occur, you will receive some of God's love. Mm -hmm. And that will become the confirmation you need that this is the way forward. And you won't need to rely on AJ telling you or Jesus telling you anymore. You'll be able to look at, the situation of what's occurred between you and God Mm -hmm. and you will have received direct confirmation from God that this is the way forward.
0: This next comment and question comes from Renee. She says, don't people, most people come to God because of fear? (laughs) For example, when people are afraid of dying, they seem to cry out to God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Doesn't this mean that fear is a good thing? (laughs)
1: Uh, This is a funny question. Uh, Fear is not a good thing ever, including if it motivates you to come to God because of it. Because if you're coming to God because of fear, you don't understand God at all
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) because God doesn't respond to your fear. God responds to love. God responds to desire for truth. God doesn't respond to your fear. So a lot of people do come to so-called come to God because of fear but they don't have a relationship with God,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right, and they never will because when you come to God because of fear, you're not going to God at all. God, God doesn't honour your fear. God doesn't, you know, want you to live in it, mm-hmm. and God knows that your fear is actually an emotion you just need to feel. So when, you, when your fear motivates you to go to God, then you're not really going to God at
2: all, at
1: all. Mm. Now, that is in direct contrast with what ha- half the world's religions will teach you, But the reality is God is not interested in people who come to God out of fear. Mm -hmm. God's interested in people who come to God out of desire. Mm -hmm. That's why a person who's in fear, whether it's of God or of what's about to happen to them because of God's creations, um, will never receive God's love Mm -hmm. because God does not respond to fear at all. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, So you can tell yourself that you came to God because of fear. You didn't. Right? You didn't come to God because of fear because you, there's no such God that responds to it. <laughs> you, you come to some imaginary God because yeah. of fear. Yeah. And the relationship I would suggest that a, such a person has with God is imaginary as well mm. because the reality is you do not have a relationship with God unless fear is outside of the relationship. So in other words, you've got to work your way through your fears yeah. in order to come to God.
0: And what about pain when people are in extreme emotional pain and they cry out for God or they...
1: Yeah, well, a lot of times it's impurely motivated. Yeah. So in other words, God knows our motivations. It's like, and also bear in mind that much of our pain occurs because of God's natural laws. Mm -hmm. So when we cry out to God saying, please don't let me have so much pain, we're saying to God, please don't let me live by your laws. Like now, of course, God, God can't respond to that. Now, if, we, if our pain causes us to see that we've done something or we're acting in something that's out of harmony with love and we go to God because we can see that we're out of harmony and we ask God, how is it that we're out of harmony? Now there's a prayer God can answer. Mm-hmm. The, the, the prayer will be answered if it's in harmony with
2: God's
1: yeah. laws and will. And, and for most of us, most of our prayers aren't in harmony. And that's why none of them are answered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every purely motivated prayer is always answered. Yeah. So if, if we have a prayer that's not answered, it's because it's not purely motivated. Mm-hmm. It's selfish. Mm-hmm. And usually people who are in pain become quite selfish. Mm-hmm. They want just the avoidance of their pain. They don't want to see what created their pain. Now, God's very interested in us when we say to God, wow, I'm in a lot of pain. And we have an emotional feeling towards God. I wanna know what this pain's all about. What how how this pain has been created by me being out of harmony with love somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So please show me how. Yeah. You know, God's going to definitely try to respond to that prayer. When I say try, it just depends on how open we are to listening to the result as to whether yes. we will hear the answer. You know, most of the time we're pretty closed to the answers. But God will always try. And God will even ask emissaries. Mm-hmm to give us answers in or in those, under those circumstances. But God's certainly not going to be driven by any prayer motivated by fear or by self-interest or by our pain or our attempt to avoid it unless there are more pure motivations involved. God knows our heart okay. and prayer and God's love only response to a pure heart. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. We can't fool God. We might be fooling ourselves, but we're not fooling God. So if we look back at this question, basically, Renee basically believes that she perhaps has been brought to truth Mm -hmm. by being afraid of God. No, you haven't. You haven't absorbed any truth at all if you're afraid of God.
0: Or being afraid of other things. Or being afraid
1: of other things. You haven't absorbed any truth then either, right? You're just living in your fear Mm -hmm. and you've got no relationship with God while you're in that place, Mm -hmm. none at all. The key is to see that. The key is to go, okay, I think that fear of of God is a good thing Mm -hmm. and it's not.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what the world's religions teach you, fear of God is not a good thing. You can't love someone you're afraid of and and you can't believe they're going to love you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm. (laughs) That's the reality. You can't. If you're afraid of being punished, or you're afraid of something bad happening to you because you don't come to God, then you haven't got a pure desire for God's a relationship with God. You want to come to God because you're afraid of something bad happening if you don't. So that's not that's not
2: yeah. that's not
1: loving, and also not you're blaspheming God in that place. You're basically implying that God's going to harm you unless you worship God. Mm. That's, 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 that's like saying, oh, my government's going to put me in jail unless I believe what the government believes. What's the difference between those two statements? Or let's say we lived in Stalinist Russia
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we go, oh, I'm going to be put in jail unless I tow the communist line. Right? So from God's perspective, unless I tow God's line, I'm going to be put in jail of some kind. Right? Do you love that country? If you're going to be put in jail if you do something that's completely different to what the country believes, and if God's going to put you in jail, like under the same circumstance or punish you for something that you've chosen to do um, because you haven't worshipped God, then surely that's not that God doesn't exist mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. That, that God just does not exist. Mm-hmm. And and if you believe that God exists, then you've got some pretty severe distortions about God's nature mm. that you need to address before you'll actually receive God's love. Because God doesn't like anybody implying to God that God's a, a, a maniacal dictator who's willing to punish and destroy his own creations. Yeah. Like, and the reality is the average, the average religion on this planet who believes in God believes that God is a maniacal dictator who is willing to destroy millions of people at once. Mm -hmm. Like God's the worst murderer of all. God's the worst dictator of all. God's the worst person, you know, who involved in genocide of the human race under those circumstances, and that's not what God is.
2: Mm.
1: So, you know, so firstly, fear of God will never cause us to have a relationship with God. Secondly, Fear itself of our pain or any other thing in our life is not going to cause us to have a relationship with God. Relationship with God is driven by pure, desirous motivation. and A longing.
0: A longing. And it's not a longing to avoid our pain or ourselves or not, our fear. And That's not. really what I felt Renee was getting at. That totally. Her desire to escape her pain and her fear is what brought her to God. Yes. And, and that's
1: not a pure motivation and it hasn't brought her to God, I know this, Renee, yeah. and she is not yet with God Yes, in, in any way. Yeah. She's not even begun her relationship with God yeah. yet because she, one of the main reasons is because she has this belief yeah. that somehow her fear of her own pain can bring her to God. No, mm-hmm. it cannot. Mm-hmm. You need to have, have no fear of your pain to, bring, to go to God.
0: Well, to connect to God, don't you? Yeah, you God knows that to... you have
1: no need to fear your pain. Yeah, yeah. To connect to God, you're going to have, to have no fear of your pain.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> that's the
1: reality yeah. and you're going to need to let yourself feel it yeah. and fear shouldn't be the driving force of any relationship let alone your relationship with god yeah,
2: very and true. if
1: fear is a driving force in any relationship it's never going to be a good relationship ever and that includes your relationship with god yeah. you're going to believe god to be something god is not which is actually blasphemous to god's character and nature it's blasphemous to god's personality even though god doesn't get offended by it, it's still <laughs> blasphemous
2: yes. right, in the
1: sense that it's falsely portraying God to be something that God isn't. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's portraying God to be something, I should say, that God <laughs> isn't instead <laughs> yeah. of those two negatives yeah. that I keep using. And, and this is the thing that we need to bear in mind is that often we imply towards God that God's terrible when the reality is God's just beautiful. Mm. And, and until we are driven by a motivation to know a beautiful God, then we're not really going to have a pure longing for God's love or a pure longing for the relationship. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I disagree completely with her. No, anybody who says that fear has brought them to God, it has not brought you to God. It's brought you to a figment of your own imagination, which is not God. And any feelings you have from that figment of imagination probably come from spirits that, with whom you're in codependent addiction. It's not from God Mm -hmm. because God cannot connect to a person who has false beliefs about God and who wants to retain them and only wants to come to God for Mm self-interest.
0: Thank you. Very comprehensive. Okay. Okay. This question is from Linda Mm -hmm. and she's asking about experiencing fear when she's in physical pain. Yep. She says, For myself, I find that the biggest block is probably that I still want instant gratification. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: In other words, I pray about the condition, ask for assistance, touch on it, Mm -hmm. and very quickly bow out as it's too hard. Mm -hmm. I've only ever managed to get all the way through the fear to a healing with regard to physical pain twice so far, and each time it has taken several hours to get there. But I often tell myself that I don't have the time right now or I'm too tired right now mm-hmm. and then take a Panadol. Mm-hmm. So I don't even try. Yeah. What's going on?
1: Well, it's quite simple what's going on really. Um, there's not much humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in other words, she doesn't want to feel all of her own emotions. And in particular, she doesn't want to face her addictions. So, so the problem of wanting instant gratification is all about addiction. And she wants instant gratification when it comes to physical pain. So in other words, she wants the pain to immediately disappear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty much everyone on the planet is like that. That's why, you know, pain, pain relief industries are huge. <laughs> you know, pharmaceutical companies are all about pain relief, right? Most of them. Yeah. And as a result, they are huge enterprises on the planet because mm-hmm. the average person on the planet wants to have instant gratification to avoid pain, particularly physical pain. You see I find it quite interesting too that the majority of us are willing to avoid emotional pain but not willing to avoid physical pain. Oh, sorry not willing so yeah, we well what I mean by this by that is this. Yes. Emotional pain we want to ignore. Yes. We we want to remain in denial of it. Yes. We don't understand that this emotional pain when we deny it causes physical pain. Yes. Another layer of pain. Mm-hmm. So in other words for Linda you need to bear in mind, Linda, you've got your emotional pain. Your denial and suppression of your emotional pain causes your physical pain,
2: yep.
1: right? And you wanting instant gratification to make this physical pain go away by taking a Panadol or some kind of relief, pain relief, is an indication that you do not want to feel the physical pain. But it's also an indication that you do not want to feel the physical pain itself, I'm saying, yes. is an indication you do not want to feel the emotional pain. Yes. So you've got a number of problems. (laughs) You don't want to feel the emotional pain, and as a result, physical pain gets created. You don't want to feel your physical pain or you want it to go away very rapidly, so you take a Panadol. Now, when are you ever going to get to your emotional pain if you keep doing this? Never is the answer. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get to it. Now, when you arrive in the spirit world, you're not going to be able to take a Panadol for your physical pain. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel it. You're going to need to feel it. So why, why wouldn't you choose to start feeling it now? Why wouldn't you choose to start going through the feeling of it? And the reason is because you don't want to feel your emotional pain. <laughs> so there's a number of layers of problems here. Yeah. The layer of problem is, firstly, there's an addiction to avoid emotional pain. And on top of that, there's an addiction to avoid the result of suppressing emotional pain, which is the physical pain. The physical pain is the result of suppressing the emotional pain and you have an addiction to suppressing even the physical pain. Mm -hmm. In other words, you want nobody to tell you ever, including all of God's laws, to tell you ever that you've got a problem emotionally. The physical pain is telling you you've got a problem emotionally and you're not facing it. You're not facing it and with the location of the pain is telling you what it's about
2: Yeah,
1: you know so if it happens to be in your tummy period time or you know then it's telling you you're avoiding some sexual issues or emotional issues about being a woman or mm-hmm. like stuff like that if it's if it's a headache pain it tells you you're probably avoiding grief you're trying to shut down your grief and suppress your grief that's why you're in the physical pain and and a person who's using physical substances to avoid physical pain has also got this other layer going on, which is they're, they're using that the physical pain is present because they've already used emotional things, emotional addictions, to avoid emotional pain.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's why they've got the double layer mm-hmm. happening. Now, I can't ever see such a person getting from their physical pain to their emotional pain unless they first have a willingness to go through their physical pain without having an avoidance of it. Yeah. Because the physical pain is a direct result of avoiding the emotional pain. So so it's almost like I avoid the emotional pain, so I create the physical pain, and then I want to deny that I created it by going away and getting a substance that helps me avoid the fact of my that it's my own creation. Mm-hmm. So this is an indication, too, that there's no responsibility being taken for what you are creating for yourself. Yeah. You're not seeing the link between your emotions and the physical pain, the suppression of your emotions and the physical pain, and you're not seeing also that every time you suppress your physical pain using a substance, you're actually avoiding the entire process of acknowledgement of what's really going on inside of your soul.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a fairly hard, like, a, like it's very difficult for a person who's doing such things to ever get close to God mm-hmm. as a result.
2: Mm.
1: And of, obviously it's going to be very frustrating for those people yeah. because they're in avoidance mm. on a number of levels.
0: Mm. Yeah. So that's what's going on and what's the alternative that well, Linda has?
1: Well, the alternative is firstly, let's work backwards. Yep. The alternative is seeing the physical pain as a direct result of the suppression of emotional pain that's the first awareness that needs to occur and if you willingly feel the physical pain you'll know where it is and therefore there's a fairly good chance you understand what emotion is driving it mm-hmm. right once you start feeling the emotion that's related to that you yet that you've purposely been suppressing mm-hmm. then the physical pain will actually disappear mm-hmm. You'll feel the emotional pain and the physical pain will disappear. That's the reward of allowing the physical pain, the the emotional pain to be felt. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to feel that. Now, if the physical pain does not disappear, then you're not feeling the emotion that caused it. The physical pain will always disappear if you feel the emotion that caused it. And when I say feel the emotion that caused it, feel the suppression of the emotion that caused it. Because physical pain is always the result of suppression, resistance to the emotion. Mm -hmm. It's not the result of feeling an emotion.
0: No. Mm.
1: So what I do myself is I feel the physical pain and then I realise, ah, I'm still suppressing that emotion. And I allow myself to feel about the emotion and whatever the emotion is. So like a few nights ago, I woke up with this feeling about, you know, how disapproved of I am by my father. And I allowed myself to feel that emotion. And my pain in my lower tummy, which has always been with me ever since I can remember,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've had it all my life, I still still have it occasionally, still now, mm-hmm. and it's been there all the time and constant pain all the time, it disappeared for about 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So now I know I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. My physical pain disappears. That tells me that I'm now on the right track for this emotion. And while I allow myself to feel that emotion, that physical pain will lessen or disappear completely.
2: Great. So that's what I would do. Yep.
1: So you can experiment with that. You can yeah. go, okay, I'll feel this emotion. No, that didn't work. You know, my pain's still there. <laughs> well, obviously it's not the emotion yep. and so forth. So this is a beautiful system that God has created. It's a beautiful system because it gives you complete feedback about what's going on inside of you and this is a fantastic thing about everything God has done, is you have right at, your, right at this moment, right now, as you're listening to this, each one of you has and are, are being given messages. You are being given messages at this moment about what is wrong, what is going on inside of you, what emotions you're suppressing. The pain in your body Wherever that is, is telling you where the emotions are and what what is being suppressed. Mm -hmm. And if you just allow yourself to feel it, you'll probably discover the emotion you're suppressing if you allowed it. Most don't allow it. And so what they do is suppress that, then the pain comes, and then they suppress that. And if you suppress that, you are in the process of complete denial of the emotional experience and the physical experience. Now, like, you're never going to be close to God doing this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But also you're never going to be happy doing this and you'll never have any real relief, permanent relief from your physical condition. And you'll be reliant, you'll become reliant on drugs in order to suppress your physical condition and your physical pain. And most people on this planet are now completely reliant on drugs until they die as a result uh, of these things occurring. And, of course, that's not the way God intended our life to be. But unfortunately, it's the way that we've created our life to become through our choice to suppress. Mm-hmm. Our choice, firstly, to suppress our emotion. And then, of course, on top of that, the choice to suppress the physical results of suppressing our
2: emotion. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, I, would talk, I, I would suggest to Linda you really need to have a good look at how the human soul functions, right? The, taking this course of action. Is a result of fear. Mm -hmm. You you are living in fear here, taking these actions. You are afraid of pain, and you were also afraid of the underlying emotion that's caused your pain. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion is to allow yourself to work your way through your fears about pain and the causes of it, Mm -hmm. and to start to acknowledge the truth about how God's designed your soul, and to see physical pain as a result of your own resistance. Your physical pain is a direct result of your own resistance. Mm. To see the linkage between those two things and take responsibility for that, that'll help you greatly to discover what the emotional thing is inside of you that you are suppressing that causes your physical pain. Mm. So it's a great way of finding out the truth about what's going on inside of you emotionally.
0: Mm. Mm. Next question. Why did God create fear? Is there actually a reason for it?
1: (laughs) Why does anybody imagine that God created fear? There's no fear in God, no fear in love. There's no fear in any of God's universe aside from in people. (laughs) So who created fear? Let's get it right. We created fear. We created fear by by having false beliefs that are emotionally placed inside of us through experiences that we then don't want to let go of. Mm-hmm. That's how we created fear
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we live by it. So we created fear, not God. Mm-hmm. God created the potential for the human soul to feel fear. Yeah. Just as God created the potential for the human soul to feel anger, the potential for the. This is what free will is the potential to feel anything. Right? So that's one aspect of free will. By giving us the gift of free will, God gave us this gift of being able to have any emotion we so choose. Whether those emotions are of our own creation or not, we can feel them. Now, the only emotions God actually created that come from God are all based around love. None of them are based around fear. So God didn't create fear. God gave you the gift of free will and then God gave you the gift of choosing what you wish to experience. And what we wish to experience is fear. Mm -hmm. We we want to live in fear. Uh, That's the human condition and unfortunately, we're willing to do that because we don't want to face the truth. We don't want to come to know what the truth is. The truth and fear, the fear truth is the antidote, if you like, to fear. Truth gets rid of fear. That's why people on the earth say, education, education, <laughs> education. What does education do? It removes people's fears. Yes, That's what it does. Truth removes people's fears, right? So the reality is fear was created by humans, Choosing to walk away from God, walk away from truth. That's how fear gets created. That's why you have fear in you now. Because humans, historically, and even in your own life, if you're reflective about it, you will see that you've walked away from truth, walked away from love, and walked away from God. That's what created your fear. That's why you have fear. God didn't create it. You did. So who's going to destroy it? Not God. (laughs) Because God says, you have to destroy what you created. So if you created fear, you're going to have to be the person who destroys it. I can't destroy it; it's not my creation. Yes, it's yours. You did it through the exercise of your free will. So you created the fear. You're going to have to remove it. Now, when we say that, when I say that, collectively we created the fear. Now, individually that might not be as specifically the case. So in other words, as an individual, we may not be personally responsible for the creation of our fear. But the human race is certainly responsible for the creation of fear on this planet,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the human race is totally responsible for it, and it's only the human race that can remove it. Yes. Through their actions, through their through choices. Their will. Through their will. Through yeah. their through their desire to know the truth and to practise it and to live in harmony with love, mm-hmm. fear will disappear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we have the potential on this planet of having a, a, a living system including humans, where not a single thing in the living system has any fear, Mm -hmm. animals included, people, nobody has fear. That's our potential, but we chose a different potential because we chose the error. We chose to live on the false beliefs. We chose to believe these false beliefs. We now choose to retain them. We now choose to oppose the truth. And we're so much involved in this choice that we actively oppose truth, We do. We kill people who tell us the truth. Historically, this has happened all the way through human history. A person tells another person the truth, whether it be the truth about the universe or the truth about life on earth, and somebody comes along and kills the guy because they don't want to know the truth. And it's that kind of attitude that has caused all of our fear. And that's that kind of attitude is the reason why we have fear within us. So fear is not God's creation and in fact there are many things that God has not ever created all of them humans have created because God gave you the gift of free will and the gift to create Mm -hmm. you can create you're allowed to create fear if that's what you wish to create you're allowed to create anger God doesn't have it you're allowed to create fear God doesn't have it you're allowed to create grief God doesn't have it (laughs) right you're allowed to create shame. God doesn't have it. You're allowed to create guilt. God doesn't have it. Mm. Like These are all of, our, all of our creations through what we choose to do with our will and we need to see it as such.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of misunderstanding on the planet, isn't there, uh, of the relationship between God's creation and the use of our will mm-hmm. in that many people believe that God created everything that exists but actually God created this human soul with huge potentialities uh, to create all kinds of things through the use of will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's where questions like this come from. Why did God create fear? Why do we assume that God created anything negative?
1: Yes, hmm. the presumption that God created fear is already flawed. Yep. Like, and this is the problem is many questions we get asked are based on presumptions that are completely flawed. Mm-hmm. Like God didn't create fear, never created it. God created a potential for you to feel fear by creating, you, giving you the gift of free will. You then, through your choices or through the choices imposed upon you by other people who made choices, imbibed the emotion of fear, mm-hmm. which you now also have refused through your own choice to feel
2: mm-hmm.
1: because if you chose to feel it at the time it was created, it wouldn't be in you now. So you chose to not feel it and you're still choosing to not feel it right now and that's what, why fear exists in you. Like you could choose to release it too and it wouldn't be within you anymore. Like that would be in harmony with God to release it. Yeah. Right. And God gave you this ability to choose whether you even want to release it or not. And you're allowed to not release it, but it's going to harm you for the rest of your existence, not just for the rest of your life on earth. It's going to harm you for the rest of your existence unless you release it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you release it, from then on, you will no longer be harmed by it. So we need to see that God, created the, God, that God created the potential by giving us free will. And remember, free will is an emotional place. It's an emotional place of being able to experience any emotion we choose. Mm-hmm. And we created the emotion of fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Before then, it never existed in God's universe. We, we created it mm. through our choices and, and, and our desire to walk away from truth walk away from love, created this fear that is now exists in humanity as a whole and in individuals. Yeah. But we can also release it. That is also our choice. <laughs> and we can make that choice. And God is never going to re- release it for us yeah. because it's not God's creation. God will help us go through the release, mm-hmm. but God will never do it for us. Right? So every person who expects Jesus to come along and make all their fear go away or God to come along and make all their fear go away has a severe flaw in their logic. God created the ability for the human soul to experience whatever it wishes to experience and we chose to experience fear. We are going to have to choose to release it, to, to let it go, to to change the experience. We are going to have to choose that if we ever want fear to disappear. Now, there was a second part to her
0: Is there actually a reason for fear?
1: Of course there's a reason for fear, and I think I've already explained that. The reason for all of our fears are all about our resistance to truth and love, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: real love and real truth I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. not this fake stuff that we've got going on on Mm -hmm. the earth. So whenever we resist love and whenever we resist truth, whenever... Love is not flowing. Whenever truth is not flowing, fear will be created. Mm-hmm. And fear will become an emotional experience that's inside of us that we will either choose to hold on to or release. Yeah.
0: And would you say that our desire to hold on to false beliefs is what...
1: It's the major cause of all of our fear. It's,
0: and so fear enters us and then we want to hold on to these false beliefs and so it, it never goes away. Never and goes away. And it gets passed down
1: to the next generation. When I hold on to my fear of all my false beliefs, remembering that all of, according to how we've discussed about the human soul and how it functions, all of my false beliefs are emotional. Mm -hmm. So these are emotions that are within me. I get together with you, we have a baby, right? That child is now absorbing all of my emotional beliefs. It doesn't have any way of preventing the absorption, Mm -hmm. so it absorbs them. And as a result, that child, by the time it's born, has already got a fair degree of fear in it. Yeah. Not, not the same fear as me because it has yet to be suppressed. It could experience it. And this is why most children cry for a lot. Yes. Because they have a lot of tears to feel because of what they've already absorbed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Any child who was born perfect, any child that was born without, without any fear in the parents would, would come, arrive in this world in a calm and placid place, you don't you don't see many of the animals screaming their heads off when they're born. Mm-hmm. You see them jumping around, enjoying themselves yeah. within a few hours. Is yes. that not the case? Yes. Why do we see animals doing that? Because the parents aren't passing down the fear. The mm-hmm. fear comes from humanity. Mm-hmm. Now, it's our fear that, hum- that that animals feel. They don't have fear inside of them. They don't have a soul to feel fear. We are the ones with the soul feeling fear. That's the reason why a lot of animals are born with a lot more simple processes and procedures than what we give birth yeah. as because of our fear. Yeah. And, and we need to see how, how endemic, it's like a pandemic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a worldwide problem, this, this, the, this viewpoint of fear. But, but also we need to see that it is our own creation and the majority of people on this planet do not see it as their own creation. Mm-hmm. And they do not see that their own suppression of it causes more of it. They do not see that either. Fear is the worst problem on the planet. It's worse than anger because fear causes anger. Yes. Without fear, you would never get angry, right? And without suppression of fear, I should say, you would never get angry. So fear is the worst problem on the planet. Mm -hmm. And and. This is why I've given talk after talk after talk about it. But even the people doing the transcribing ever talks don't want to transcribe those talks <laughs> because they're afraid. <laughs> so it's like fear. It's amazing how much fear affects people. Yes. Right? And, and fear is, is our worst problem because it resists truth mm-hmm. and it resists love. Mm-hmm. And as, as such, while we honour fear, we will never progress in love. It's impossible to progress in love while we honour fear. Mm-hmm. We need to feel it, let it go. We need to experience it, let it go. We need to go through the fear and we need to see that none of our fears are actually real from God's perspective. None of them. Even our fear of death is not real from God's perspective because you don't actually die. Yeah. Like, and all of the other things that we create, we are so terrified of pain and we don't see it as our own creation. God never created pain. Mm-hmm. God created the ability of your soul to feel pain when you suppress things, yeah. uh, like to tell you when you've done something out of harmony with connection with God. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we experience pain. It's all the same thing. We choose to blame God for what we have created. And while we're doing that, we will never get, become at one with God, but also we can never be happy yeah. because we're blaming someone else for our own creation, we need to take responsibility for our own creation and work our way through the actual results of our own creation and release from ourselves what's going on with our creation. Mm. Yeah. So that, like, these kind of questions are interesting, I feel, because they blame God for things that God's never done. Yeah. And, and it's so important for people to see that,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: God's never crea- God never created anger, God never created fear, God never created violence. God didn't create these things. We created them. Mm. We created them because we live in fear. We created them because we're unwilling to feel our own pain. We want other people to share in our pain. We want other people to pay for our pain. That's why we created fear. And that's why, you know, it's all the, these creations of our own that we're not taking responsibility for. We blame everything else other than ourselves, you know. Yeah. And we've got to start seeing who is the real cause. Mm-hmm. The real cause is... Is our own choice to live out of harmony with love and truth. That's the cause. Mm. That's
0: a great answer. Thank you.
1: I suppose that was a fairly long tirade. <laughs> but, but I feel it's, it's such an important subject. Yeah. I, I often see God getting blamed for, for things that are going on on the earth when God had nothing to do with them, nothing to do with yeah. them. And the only thing that God participated in most of them is it giving us the gift of free will that we have then used badly. It's like, it's like somebody giving us the gift of a knife and we go around stabbing a whole heap of people and ourselves and then saying, well, wow, it's real painful, this knife, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: right, instead of using it for what it's created for, yes. right? Yeah. And so, you know, what, which is, I feel, making some meals up for us yeah. and eating or enjoying some food or whatever. Yeah. Now, you know, there are, we need to see the truth of it. Like, and this is what we're doing with God. God gives us this wonderful gift that's very useful, actually, <laughs> You know, free will is a very useful gift. If we weren't given it, we'd just be automations of God rather than the free will, the free beings that we are. So it's a necessary place to, it's a a necessary gift to give somebody if they're ever going to be completely free. Mm -hmm. And so God gives us this beautiful gift of freedom and we go around and use it badly and then complain about the results. That's very, very stupid Really, mm. we're very stupid. We need to start saying, no, the results are, the direct, are directly caused by our own choices and we need to stop blaming God for things that are our own choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stop having this kind of fatalistic attitude towards our fear of like, oh, I'm a helpless party in this, you know. It's yeah. sort of like what's the re- what could possibly be the reason for this because it's got nothing to do with me. I know that... Mm. Many of us have had that feeling of fear. And that's this, the implication I, I'm of this victim, question, of the isn't it? Fear. Yeah. Like
1: the implication of the question is is there actually a reason for fear? Like yeah. why would God create something so stupid as fear? Is and it? that
0: I that I feel so <laughs> terrible about and not really yeah. understanding that that's under my control. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and God's not stupid. No. God doesn't create fear. No. God why would God ever want to create fear? God created with you the potential for you to experience everything that you create. Yeah. And when you deny truth and deny love, you're going to create fear. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to then have to deal with the consequences of it because God says it's your creation, your creation, humanity's creation. We need to collectively start to see it as our, our creation and understand that we can undo it. Yeah. We can undo it. We can reverse this creation.
0: Yes. It's not, it's not a given or a foregone foregone conclusion that fear will be a part of our lives. It's not a a necessary part of how we exist. It's not a fact we have to get used to. It's not any of those things. It's something that can be gone from our life forever. Forever. Uh, But that's up to us and we're going to have to stop blaming God for it (laughs) in order for that to happen.
1: And the sad thing about blaming God for it is that while we blame God for it, we're not taking responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And when we don't take responsibility for something, it's impossible for us to actually fix it. And, and this is our problem, is while we're blaming God and while we blame everything, everybody else, and not looking inside of ourselves, we're really blaming everybody for what we have created.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're blaming God in particular for what we have created. And God never created it. And while we blame God, we are not taking responsibility. Yeah. We have a huge issue with responsibility.
0: Yeah.
1: We are responsible for our own creations and we are also responsible for destroying our own creations.
0: That are out of harmony with love. That are yeah.
1: out of harmony yeah. with love. So we need, if we're going to destroy fear,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we, need, we are the people who need to do it. God's yeah. not going to do it for us. Yeah. God can help us. But God's not going to do it for us. Mm-hmm. We need to engage our will to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the way it works. And so it should. Yes. If you think about it, mm-hmm. so it should. Yeah. We can't make choices in our lives only to have somebody else come and rescue us from our choices all mm-hmm. the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then be responsible beings. The only way we can be responsible beings is by making a choice and then dealing with the consequence, good or bad, of that choice. Yeah. It's the only way we can be responsible beings. Mm.
0: Mm. When I have the false belief that my fear and terror is normal, how do I change that? How do I feel God's truth on the matter and make love the norm?
1: Well, I find, I find this uh, question quite interesting because it, it actually betrays that the person doesn't understand emotion yet. Mm-hmm. You see, if you uh, feel your fear, then it r- goes from you and then truth is automatically the norm. Yeah. So I, I feel like this person, I feel it's a woman who's asked this question, um, this lady is trying to suggest that she can do some kind of intellectual process or some kind of physical process which is going to help her make love the norm. hmm Aside from having to feel
0: her fear. Her fear.
1: And the real answer to this question is feel your fear. Yeah. Feel it. Experience it. All right? Then truth and love become the norm. Like one doesn't come before the other. And there's almost this, this supposition in the question that <clears throat> this belief, if you like, that she will be able to make truth and love the norm and then go through fear. Yeah. That, that's trying to put the cart before the horse, actually. Mm-hmm. The only way that truth and love can become the norm is for you to go through fear first with faith that in the end you can deal with it, and then truth and love becomes the norm. Yep. That's the only way it's ever going to happen. It doesn't matter how much you convince yourself that there's a different way. There isn't. <laughs> you must first go through the emotion of fear before truth and love can become the norm, not the other way around.
0: Do you think she's also asking that um, it's about justifying fear and terror? Do you feel that that's what this person is asking? They're saying um, it's normal for me to have fear and terror. It's normal for me to avoid it. Uh, And that can be a justification for not dealing with it? Do you think that's what they're asking? I feel
1: that's what she's saying, yes, certainly, that she's still not uh, the actual premise of the question yes. so i'm trying yes. to deal firstly here with, with the, the premise, premise of, of the question, question. Yeah. the premise of the question is basically that there's something that you can do to make truth and love the norm and then you'll go through fear yeah that's the premise of the question yes well that that's, that's incorrect yeah. no, the presumption is incorrect mm-hmm. you will not make truth and love the norm unless you go through fear you have to go through fear first mm-hmm. fear is your own, of, is a creation of humanity and it must be released before truth and love can become the norm. So the general premise of the question is already false. Mm. Does that make sense?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now let's look at her question. Yes. And the, and the question she's asking is, is there something I can do to feel God's truth on the matter and make love the norm? Feel, In other words, feel God's truth about fear and make love the norm. No, there's not. Other than going through your fear, no, there's not. I know you want there to be.
2: Mm. Mm. (laughs) I
1: know you desperately desire that there's some kind of magic wand or magic trick or magic (laughs) thought that you're going to be able to have, some kind of magical technique that goes, ah, um, now that you've uh, done this magical thing, you'll go through fear.
2: Yeah.
1: No. You need to go through fear before you'll understand how to go through it. Mm -hmm. It's the same with pretty much everything in your life, actually. you need Before you can actually love, you have to go through the feeling of love. You need to yeah. feel love and go through the experience of love before you'll understand it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To understand your fear, you're going to need to go through your fear. Yeah. So stop telling yourself that there's another way. <laughs> and the, the premise of this question is there, there is a desire for a there to be another a way, way, a different way. There's a desire that there's some kind of magical solution that will allow her to go through the emotion of fear and to start to see that there's a reason for going through it,
0: mm. right? But surely but there there's isn't there enough here. evidence. Even if we examine our life when we're living in fear and terror, mm-hmm. we can say, oh, this is a normal state of being that everyone's in. But if we really examine our life and become sensitive to how dissatisfied, limited, how much pain we're in, surely we can begin to see that there's evidence that it doesn't matter if everyone's in this state, it can't be normal from God's perspective because it's full of pain Correct. and dissatisfaction. Yeah. So even within that, it's not a technique, but you could just um, examine yes, the results of living in fear and terror.
1: Yes, and this brings up the operation of truth, mm-hmm. right? Even if you start to tell yourself an intellectual truth, which is possible. Yep. So as a part of this question, you could start telling yourself intellectual truths. For example, an intellectual truth might be, I believe, intellectually, of course, mm-hmm. that once I go through fear, I'll live, uh, be very happy. Mm-hmm. But it's only an intellectual thought at this point. I believe that God wants me to go through fear. That's only an intellectual thought. Mm-hmm. I believe that when I go through fear, I'll have all these benefits. That's only an intellectual thought. I believe that because we we have all these problems on earth because of fear, that's only an intellectual thought. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Until you actually go through the experience of your own fear, you will not believe any of those things.
2: Mm.
1: You will not. So something has to happen inside of you to decide to go through your fear and that's your will needs to be engaged. And if, there's only, if there is any magical solution, <laughs> there's only one, and that is use your will to go through your fear. Yeah. Now, most people who are asking this kind of questions have already decided to not use their will to go through their fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they've, they're actively using their will to deny, shut down, avoid their fear. And they're in heavy addiction to avoid their fear. Right? And then they say, please give me a magical pill that will help me deal with fear because I know my fear is influencing my relationship with God. And the question I'm asking is, if you know your fear is influencing your relationship with God and actually stopping it, surely that should be enough motivation to go through the emotion of fear. And if it's not mo- enough motivation, then perhaps you need to study more about God's God's nature and all those kind mm-hmm. of things to help you come to at least some intellectual awareness But at some point, even after you've done all of that, you still may not go through your fear. Because going through your fear requires that you actually emotionally engage your will so that you want to go through your fear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's all it requires, to emotionally engage your will to do so. Now, to do that, we've got to look at all the reasons why we don't want to engage our will to do so. And sure, that means feeling all of our false beliefs so whatever false beliefs we have about fear need to be felt. Mm-hmm. Right? There's nothing we can do to absorb the truth about them until they're felt. The truth and the error cannot exist on the same subject in the soul at the same time. Right? This is one of the major points about how the human soul functions. So, so while the fear inside of me exists about dealing with my fear, the truth about dealing with my fear cannot enter me. And I'll be looking for all the excuses under the sun to avoid my fear. Yes. When I start feeling my own avoidance of my fear,
2: mm-hmm.
1: feeling about whether it's actually wise, feeling about all the, defin- all, the, all the reasons why I believe I should be able to avoid my fear, once I start feeling all of those things, now more and more of my addictions will release about my fear. Yeah. And then I'll, be in, I'll end up with no addictions about my fear that still doesn't mean I'll go through my fear. Mm-hmm. Because unless I want to use my will to go through my fear, I won't. Mm. I just won't. So at some point, I'm going to have to develop my will enough to go through my fear, to actually experience it, to go through it emotionally. Now, I believe that a relationship with God is worth it. Now, I believe a relationship with my soulmate is worth it. And if those two things are not worth it enough for you, I don't know what's going to make it worth it. Yeah, You have to ponder about that and think about that. What is going to make it worth it for you mm-hmm. to go through your fear? And do you want the results of what you're currently doing? Whenever you deny your fear, you've got pain, suffering, you've got physical pain, suffering. These are all happening all the time to you right now. Do you want to keep going through these things or do you want to work through your fear? What is it? at some point you're going to have to make a choice to actually feel it, emotionally make a choice to feel it. Mm-hmm. And that requires a switch to occur inside of you where you no longer justify it, you no longer say it's normal, you no longer say, oh, the whole world's in it, so I should be in it too. You no longer do it because the, everyone in the world wants you to stay there. You no longer do it because you're afraid of what the world will think of you doing it. And you no longer you know, that re- requires releasing all those different emotions because they're all emotions yeah. that cause your beliefs from you and then you'll get to the point where, yeah, I want to go through my fear. I think it's fantastic going mm-hmm. through my fear. And then you'll go through your fear. And you'll be surprised that it won't take very long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the big build-up that takes a <laughs> yeah. long time. All the destruction of all of the false <laughs> beliefs surrounding it. That, that's what takes the long time. Yeah. By the time you get to going through it, you, you usually most people breeze through it in a few months. <laughs> At the most, and a few months out of a year, you know, out of 70, 80 years of your life, hardly anything. Yeah. And the difference it's going to make to your entire life, completely different. It's going to change life overnight yeah. if you let yourself feel it. So so I'd, I'd go for it if I was you, <laughs> but, you know, there's not much I can do to convince you other than telling you the truth because yeah. the truth is the antidote to fear,
2: antidote but
1: it's fear. antidote to fear. But it's only if you feel the truth, mm-hmm. That it's the antidote yeah. to fear.
2: Yeah.
1: You've got to feel the truth. And a lot of times we're already feeling the fear about all the subjects and so we don't feel the truth on them. So we're going to have to feel the fear, actually process the fear on those subjects. Yeah. Go through them.
2: Yeah.
1: Look at all your false beliefs about fear.
2: Mm-hmm. Feel them. Mm-hmm.
1: Then you'll get somewhere with your fear. Yeah. But I, I don't enjoy the premise of the discussion because it basically is saying that it's possible to actually fake a position of truth without going through fear. And you can't. You can't do it. You can't do that. You can fake it, but you won't go through it. Nothing will change in your life. Mm -hmm. You'll attract the same things. Yep, nothing will really change. Mm -hmm. Unless you've got some spirit assistance for it to change, nothing will change. And I say, you know, the true change is you changing your soul. Then you don't need any help to change your life. Your soul changes your entire life. Your attractions change; everything changes. That's real. That's real progress. Mm-hmm. Having someone help you doesn't doesn't change that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you. Our next question is from Liv, mm-hmm. and she asks: I'm trying to get a grip on the concept of fear and love. Mm-hmm. How to let go of fear? Mm-hmm. I had no fear of my own death before I became a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm now terrified of separating from him. He's nine years old. I have nightmares about him having to face this world without me and I'm terrified of having to continue life on earth without him. I'm torturing myself with stories about missing children and tragic death to try to deal with this fear, I guess. I'm sure lots of parents have these thoughts and have no idea how to deal with, deal with the fear of losing the one you love the most. How do we deal with these feelings?
1: Uh, My dear sister, um, there is self-delusion upon self-delusion in your question. And it's quite sad, actually, in the sense that there are so many things you're telling yourself here that are completely false, and I need to go through them with you. Mm -hmm. So let's go through each statement one by one, shall we? Because I, I just feel like... A lot, a lot of our questions, there is just self-deception upon self-deception and then there's a question at the end. Yeah. And we need to deconstruct the self-deceptions before we even arrive at the question, at the answering the real question. And this is something that we need to do with live here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So would you like me to go back so through my, the question? Yeah, one
1: statement by one, one statement. By by one statement. Yeah. Let's go through it.
0: Okay, first. I'm trying to get a grip on the concept of fear and love.
1: Stop there. You can't get a grip on the concept of fear and love while you're in fear. <laughs> you need to feel your fear in order to get a concept of love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And also you need to feel your fear in order to understand fear. So, so there's no such thing as getting an intellectual concept on an emotion. You need to feel the emotions, then you'll understand them. So firstly, your desire to get a grip or an intellectual concept of emotion is already flawed before we begin you need to allow yourself to experience the emotions then you'll get a grip on the concept of them afterwards the, the thoughts of the truth about these emotions will come to you mm-hmm. right so you, you're trying to put the cart before the horse here what you're trying to do is come up with an intellectual concept about love and an intellectual concept of fear without feeling love or fear and the reality is while you do such things you're not going to progress, and you'll also not understand fear or love. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand fear or love, which is very evident in the rest of your questions. We need to talk to you about that.
0: Okay. The next question is how to let go of fear.
1: Yes, so that's the question. How do I let go of fear? I've said over and over how to let go of fear. You feel it. You experience it. You allow yourself to experience it. Now, we won't talk about, you know, all the different things about that because we've talked about that in other questions. But that's the way you do it. You're not going to be able to come up with some kind of intellectual magic pill or any other thing that will help you go through the process. You're going to have to develop your will enough to actually go through the experience of your fear. So that's the important
0: thing. I had no fear of my own death before I became a mother.
1: Completely untrue. Completely untrue. Mm -hmm. You had an extreme fear of death before you became a mother and you have no idea how much fear you're actually in with regard to the fear of death. And to be frank with you, the majority of people on this planet have no idea either mm-hmm. of how afraid they are of death. And as soon as they have a child, it comes out. As soon as they have a child, it gets triggered, bang. That's where you can see your fear of death. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and most of our fears of death are about a fear of losing a person, not losing our own life. So in other words... Many of us have fears, more fears, in fact, about losing another person rather than our our own death. Mm -hmm. But that is a fear of death still. Yes. (laughs) And we need to see it as such.
0: I'm now terrified of separating from her nine-year-old son.
1: Correct. She is terrified of separation and she sees death as separation. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. From God's perspective, death does not separate you from your loved ones. Every single night when you go to sleep you actually will ex- continue to experience your loved ones. So the whole concept that death creates separation is completely false, and this is one reason why you're terrified, because you believe false things. Yeah. Right? You, she believes false things about death, about separation, that it's possible to be separated from someone you love. It's not possible. But I suggest to you, Liv, that you don't love your son, which we'll go through in a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I have nightmares about him having to face this world without me mm. and I'm terrified of having to continue life on earth without him.
1: Yes. Now, let's look at this. You are severely addicted to your son. It's very dangerous what you've done to your son, actually, to him emotionally. Whose child is he? He is not yours. He is God's child. He is God's child, not yours. You, are, you have only created his physical and spiritual bodies through the process of sexual intercourse that's all the soul of your child is not your child it's god's child so so god created that soul you did not create it you don't own it it's not doesn't belong to you and god's got a far better way of caring for her her children than you do in fact the way you're caring for your son here is very very much a, a damaging relationship and i and i suggest to you that you need to read through some books that might help you deal with this very damaged relationship with your son it's driven by your terror and particularly your terror of separation and what you believe you love and and what's the book uh, mary that book the books relating to uh, emotional incest emotional incest this is these are books you need to read regarding your relationship with your son
0: yeah there's one by dr patricia love
1: so dr patricia love
0: and it's called emotional incest and there's a tagline that I can't remember now. Yep. But,
1: yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have an emotionally incestuous relationship with your son and your son, you are using your son to avoid all of your own terrors and fears and you've set up heavy addictions with your son and these are damaging your son very badly and you need to stop mm-hmm. this from occurring. Your, your son is going to be very distressed in his later life with this projection of emotions that are coming from you.
0: And really, if we have a pure approach to parenting, mm-hmm. we are happy for our child to continue on and face the world, as Liz, Liv puts it, Alone. on their own. In fact, we, we want them to. want to instil the confidence in them to do that yes. and not to be dependent upon us and not to Correct. fear separating from us and not to... Um, live in codependence with us as a parent
1: correct we need to understand that whenever we set up these codependent relationships with our children we are damaging our children very badly and on top of that we are just feeding our own addictions to avoid specific pains within ourselves so Liv my dear sister you are avoiding very very large pains within yourself about separation and you need to allow yourself to experience them and it's separation from a male that, you've now, that, that you're now experiencing and you, or, or, resisting. or resisting the yeah. experience of. And you've now set up an emotionally incestuous relationship with your son in order to avoid the experience of these particular emotions. And this is damaging to yourself and your son. And, and, and honestly, you need to address this. It's a very serious problem mm-hmm. and you need to address it.
0: And also I feel that Liv is putting a lot of emphasis on death when really she's just afraid of not having uh, this...
1: Well, the next line, I think, is, needs to be read, probably, sure. and then we'll discuss sure. the whole thing.
0: I'm torturing myself with stories about missing children and tragic death mm-hmm. to try to deal with this fear, I guess.
1: No, she's not dealing with the fear. She's living in it. Mm-hmm. She's torturing herself with stories about missing children because she doesn't want to go through separation, Right, and she keeps attracting stories about separation.
2: Yeah,
1: she doesn't want to go through separation. She's living in. She's not. She's not actually feeling her terror about it because the terror's got nothing to do with that. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's got nothing to do with separation. It's got other things, much more difficult emotions to feel than 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 that. So let's read the next statement because that's really a fair part of the discussion.
0: Uh, I'm sure a lot of parents have these thoughts. And have no idea how to deal with the fear of losing the one you love the most.
1: Well, this is where we have a lot of trouble and a lot of false beliefs. Now, firstly, yes, a lot of parents do have these problems. In fact, many men have this problem with their daughters and many women have this problem with their sons. They have used their sons and daughters as surrogate relationships. In order to prevent the pain from other types of relationships, usually with their opposite gender parent, and then with their with their losing partner, the partner. Right? So they're using these relationships to avoid a lot of pain in those two t- sorts of relationships. But but there's a second half to it, and I can't quite remember what uh, she said. Um,
2: uh, oh, parents
0: have. She's worried
1: about losing the person she loves, loves the, most. the most. This is a big big problem with your current definition of love. Mm-hmm. You love. You say you love your child the most in the world. Honestly, you don't. You are dumping huge amounts of very negative emotions on your child that are incestuous in nature and you're harming your child quite a lot and you don't see it. So you're not loving your son at all at this moment. You believe you are but you are not. Secondly, there is a problem with loving your children the most mm-hmm. and most people on this planet have no idea what the problem is. God designed you first to love the other half of yourself and yourself. So in other words, God designed you to love your soulmate first, not your child first. And in fact, in the future, your child will meet his soulmate and whoever that is, male or female, he will love him or her the most.
0: That's the way God designed it. That's the way God
1: designed it. When you say you love your child the most, you are in complete denial. And this is the main reason why you set up this uh, emotionally incestuous situation with your son you are in a complete denial of the opposite gender in your case your opposite gender soulmate attraction mm-hmm. which is your soulmate you, you, a male obviously because otherwise you would have set up this uh, addiction with a female child mm-hmm. the reality is your attraction is to the real attraction that needs to be developed is towards the other half of yourself who is a male And what you need to do is start working your way through why you avoid relationships with adult males and why you have instead engaged most of your uh, emotional issues with a child who is a male. And that is the main reason why you have taken this approach with your son. You You are in the process of psychologically damaging your son for any future relationship. And, and this is going to cause him a lot of trouble in his future, and particularly coming up to his teenage years, because I think she said he was nine years of age. Yes. Now, within a few years, he's going to start entering puberty, if he hasn't already, and, and as a result, he will, he will start going through emotions that he will find very confusing in his relationship with you because of this emotionally incestuous relationship that you've begun with him and established over many years now. You need to work through these terrors and fears that you have, and you are using this emotionally incestuous relationship with your son in order to avoid them, and and it's very very damaging to yourself and him.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, the final part of was how do how do we deal with these feelings? And you've you've pretty much uh, stated how what she's do been that.
1: focusing on is the fear. Yeah. And that's not her problem. No. Her problem is her addictions.
0: Her, she's actually in a state of addiction, with her, state of addiction yep. with her son. She's in a state
1: of total addiction with her son. Her son is meeting all of her addictions yep. and, and, and it doesn't make the fear go away because the only way to make the fear go away is to actually feel it. Yep. So what she's doing is because she's got such intense fear associated with death and associated with separation and particular associated with separation from a male, yep. she's now projecting all of those intense emotions onto her son. He's now having to fulfil a role and in the process of fulfilling this role, it's becoming destructive to his psychological and emotional development. This is very, very damaging for her to, yeah. to continue to engage, but she's justified the engagement saying she loves her son. Yes. And this is a total, like, it's totally incorrect. You are not loving your son, is it, Liv? Yes, Not Liv. loving your son, Liv, while you do these things to your son. You are actually causing him a huge amount of emotional burden which, which is not love, but rather just living in your own codependent addictions with him. Codependent addictions are not love, and you need to learn that because you haven't learned that in your relationship with your son. You do not love him. You are in codependent addiction with him. And later, he's going to, come to t- have to come to terms with that. And I feel very sad for him having to come to terms with those emotions, given that you're projecting them so intensely at him, because he's going to have some very strong feelings to have to go through as a result. My suggestion is own your fear about separation from a male. Own your feelings about having an adult relationship. You do not want to have an adult relationship with a male. You do not want to open your heart to a male. You do not want to have an adult relationship with an open-hearted man and you do not want to be open-hearted to the man. Mm. And these are the emotions you are avoiding that are causing all of these problems. Now, sure, you have some fears about them, but you need to feel them because otherwise this addiction with your son will continue. Now, there's obviously a lot more I could say in answer to the question, but my suggestion to you, Liv, is to read the book that we just suggested to you, the Emotional Incest book. And it will help you, perhaps, if you're open to reading it. And what we've found is that most people who are involved in emotional incest with their children have no desire to read that book at all, and in fact feel quite offended that that we've suggested to them to read the book. And my suggestion to you is you need to read it for your own sake and also for the sake of your son. You need to work your way through why you've projected so much emotion at him and so many of your fears at him, and why you're in this deep level of fear is a lot to do with your relationship with men rather than death mm-hmm. and, and more to do with the feeling of what how you're going to survive, how you're going to live without your son, right? So as soon as your son ever approaches another woman in order to have a relationship or a man, depending on what his you know, soulmate attraction is, um, you are going to be Instantly enraged, you want him to have the relationship with you, and that is what is damaging. You are avoiding a relationship with a a grown male, and you are using your son's relationship, your relationship with your son, to avoid this. And that's where your fears are. That's the fears you need to feel. Mm -hmm. You need to focus on those fears, and you're actually terrified of separation, for, for, um, because because. Your son meets all of your addictions. That's why you're terrified of separation. Once you start dealing with some of these addictions that you have with him, you won't be terrified of separation. In fact, you'll get to the point where you enjoy the separation from your son because he's going out to live his own life. He, engaged, he finishes up meeting his own soulmate, engaging his own life, and all you feel for him is joy that he's doing such yeah. a thing, living his life like he should be doing. You are attempting to live your life through him. And that is a very, very damaging thing to do to a child.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So these are my suggestions to you. And I know I've been firm about it. I'm not judging you, Liv, for, for the choices that you've made because I understand the fears that generate these kind of behaviour. But you need to understand the seriousness of the situation and the damage that you're doing to your own soul and to your son's soul in, in, in taking these actions with your son. So the question, the question you originally asked me was, how do you deal with your fear of death? It's not the fear of death that you've got a problem with, right, really. It's, it's your fear of having none of your addictions met from a man. Mm-hmm. And when your son leaves you, which he will do sooner or later, whether he dies or not, you will need to go through all those fears anyway. So my suggestion is start doing it now. You, you've got a very unhealthy relationship with your son and you need to work your way through the emotional reasons why that is the case.
2: I think that's answered that (laughs) question.